Are you in for a treat today? Joining me on the Brand Boost Podcast, entrepreneur on fire himself, Mr. John Lee Dumas. We're going to talk about consistency throughout uh, your entrepreneurship, uh, whether you're owning a business or whether you're podcasting, whatever you may be doing, uh, John will talk to us about consistency, and that's going to be the common thread throughout this uh, conversation, and also the bumps and bruises along the way. Without further ado, I bring you John Lee Dumas. Take it away, Rachel. You're listening to the Brand Boost Podcast, an exclusive look at who's doing business right. He's your favorite brand correspondent with more tweets than the Bible's got Psalms. Here's your host, Vincenzo Landino. Welcome. Thank you. And, uh... I have to say, you you were being born and raised in Maine. You know what the weather's like here in uh, the Northeast because I'm in Connecticut right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm in San Diego. I want to should probably turn my video around and show you uh, the sun. Can the you? Beach. I want to see. It. I, I'd like to see the beach because I haven't been to San Diego since like July. So I want to see. Is it, is it nice <laughs> and right. like warm? Tell, tell me if you can see this right here. <laughs> oh, all right. Maybe I didn't want to see it because now I'm jealous. <laughs> That's not cool, man. <laughs> That's how we roll. Uh, good for San you. Diego good for you. So San Diego, nice and warm. Uh, I, I just, listen, really I want to jump in, talk to you a little bit about everything you do. Um, cool. Not only have you interviewed everybody from Tim Ferriss to Seth Godin, but founder of Entrepreneur on Fire, as everyone should know, and uh, Podcasters Paradise. And you are the go-to. I mean, everybody that's in podcasting knows John Lee Dumas, JLD. Man on fire, podcaster on fire. I mean, uh, you know, I need a shirt. I need, you know, I will wear the shirt on my own, on my own podcast. EOFire.com slash resources. <laughs> Boom. It's right there. Look at that. EOFire.com slash resources. So, all right, a couple things. I want to jump into, uh, first of all, how did you start? What, what gave you the idea of wanting to start a podcast? I mean, we're, we're young guys, right? And we're both doing podcasts. I'm not that young. I'm 35. I'm 30. You're not that much older than me. <laughs> no, really though. What gave you the idea of wanting to do a podcast? Like, what came about one day and was like, "All right, I'm going to start doing this audio only format daily." How did you come up with that? <laughs> so <laughs> He's it was laughing, scratching my own about itch. It. <laughs> scratching my own itch. I mean, I love that quote by Gandhi: "Like, be that change you wish to see in the world." I mean, that's when you just need to keep our eyes open. You know, keep our ears open. And believe me, like opportunities are whizzing by our head every single day. 99% of which we're rightfully so like saying no to and not actually being a part of, but there's going to be that 1% that's going to be like, you know what? That's for me. And for me, that was podcasting. Like I just got the medium. I understood it. I loved podcasting. I just wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to have those conversations with Tim Ferriss and all these other people and just do these really cool things. And, and it just made sense. Like for me, writing a blog didn't make sense. It makes sense for some people. Luckily, Kate, uh, for one, so she crushes the blog for EO Fire, but it wasn't for me. I knew there was a different medium that I needed to really focus on, and that was podcasting. So, uh, you know, I was a listener of podcasts, and I went to find a, a daily show of inspiring entrepreneurs sharing their journey. Didn't exist, and again, I wanted to see that change in the world, so I made that change. Launched EO Fire three years ago. Here we are, over twelve hundred recorded episodes to date. Um, we do over 1.2 million listens per month now, and we have you know over 24 million listens from over 145 countries since we launched. And 
it's you know spreading a great message and I'm really proud of it. Tell me about uh, your favorite podcast before you started. What were you listening to? I was listening to, well, let me kind of even back up a little bit, just kind of maybe take you through my, my entire progression. Like when I first logged in, I was just like, okay, let's check out the top business rank podcast. So I started with the Dave Ramsey's and the Susie Ormans. And I was like, these guys are great, but you know, I come from corporate finance, so I knew financial stuff. So their very repetitive message, <clears throat> you know, frankly got pretty repetitive for me pretty quickly because I, I agreed with their message, but you know, I got it. Like I got it. So I didn't need to have it keep you know, hammering home to me. So I started looking for other podcasts. Um, and that's when I, you know, found the Andrew Warner of Mixergy, David Seitman, Garland, Rise to the Top, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income. And like, they were like, kind of like the three amigos. And um, like, I was just really impressed by what they were doing. Um, and I said, man, if they're just a couple, a few guys, you know, in their living room, like, hello, like living room, here we are. Um, just, you know, talking into a microphone, sharing their story. Like I want to do that too. And, um, and, and they made me think it was possible. And so I learned from them and I hired Jamie Tardy of the eventual millionaire and Cliff Ravenscraft of podcast answer man, and just, just launch. And by the way, guys, I see that, you know, some people are giving props right now and, I know all about the props and I would love for you to give me some props right now. So, uh, yeah, I know that my, props, you know, please. what I'm sharing is resonating with you. So, uh, hit it up guys. Let's, 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 let's cook it up here. But, uh, and again, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's here and that's chatting and that's giving some good things. You know, I'm still in Maine. So shell, we got man division 35 is young. You weirdo. Well, she's calling <laughs> we you got, the weirdo. Uh, Vincenzo chatting, uh, tech bloke, um, John is the man. Love you, Vince. Appreciate that. Andy foot. You just joined 45 here says shell. You are 45 years young girl. I'm sure you're gorgeous. Um, hashtag EO fire baby. So guys, thanks for chatting in the, in the chat room. You know, we're going to engage with you throughout this. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Vincenzo is here to my left or maybe for some of you, he's to my right, but he's I'm on to my left. I'm on, yeah. Huh? And uh, yeah, that's you to my left. I'm actually on your and, right. Um, my left. You're going to be a you're going to be in control, by the way, and I'm looking forward to kicking back and just uh, having a fun hour with people that are here on Blab. So, you know, we, not everyone gets an hour with John Lee Dumas. So this is cool that we get to talk to him for an hour. Um, you made a comment about eleven, you know, 1,200 entrepreneurs. There had to be, there has to have been a lot of shifts along the way for you personally. Was there a moment where you realized? Uh, you were doing it all wrong, or maybe you just a light bulb went off. And when did that happen? Now you're talking about in my life pre EO Fire, or no? Actually, I'm like, talking about after the during uh, EO Fire. So during have, EO Fire, yeah. You know, it's been interesting because I'm a big believer in the shift. I'm a big believer in the pivots. Um, you know, I, I love that acronym or sorry, that analogy that a lot of people use of like when a, when a plane takes off from San Diego and is going to New York city, that plane is pivoting and adjusting and shifting a million times midair to get to its final destination to land on a quarter. And that's what we do as entrepreneurs. And I will say for my journey, you know, there's a lot of luck that was involved in my journey. And there's a quote that I love, you know, luck is when effort meets opportunity. So you better believe I was putting in the effort and the opportunity arose. And I just took advantage of that luckiness in the air. And I worked, you know, my flipping hiney off, you know, I worked my tail off and I still do to this day. So hard work is a huge ingredient to my success for sure. The reality is though, one thing that I was lucky about 
was that I just happened to choose a great entrepreneurial idea and venture my first bat. You know, I swung, I swung that bat, you know, with my eyes closed, like every entrepreneur when they start. And I just happened to hit a home run. Like I could have just as easily struck out or swung and missed. Luck, luck a sometimes has a lot to do with it, right? What's that? I said, sometimes luck, it just, it does help just a little so bit. Much. It's there. It's always ever present. Um, you know, and I'm lucky right now that podcasting is still kicking butt. I mean, you know, who knows what the future is going to bring. There's great, you know, things like blab and things coming up in the future, but you know, there's a lot of luck that's involved for sure. Um, but I was able to really connect and hit a home run with EO fire the first time that I was up, but still within those, these last three years, I've been pivoting and shifting and going a little bit back and forth and just making things happen. Um, along the way. So, you know, I just want to say to entrepreneurs out there that, you know, that launch that thing that just, they do swing and miss the first time. Like that's okay. That's the norm. Or if you do end up hitting a single, a double or a home run, like awesome. Now amplify that and double down. And I've just been working my Heine off ever since. And that's the second time I've used Heine, which I don't, I never say that word. Yeah, Heine twice. I mean, you can, you say whatever words you'd like on here. It doesn't bother me at all. But I am Um, working, I work my Heine off every single day to keep that momentum up. Because listen, when you're an entrepreneur and you do, you know, make hit a single or a home run, like that's your moment in the sun. Like the momentum is so hard to start. So when it does start, you got to keep that momentum going with whatever you can. You got to keep that ball rolling down the hill. Want to give a quick shout out. My, my girl, Amy Schmidt towers in the house. She's giving me some props. I just got off I the got phone Kate. with her. She's stuck in Richmond. Her flight got canceled back home. Yeah. to Columbus. <laughs> That's that's sad. Sorry, Amy. Well, Sorry, I'm glad Amy. you could be here live. And uh, we also got Kate Erickson in the house, Hi, my better half. Uh, she's in the other room right back here, giving us some love. So, Hi, Kate. Amy and Kate, two Hi, of my favorite girls. Chris Barrows uh, joined us. Chris is also a uh, newer podcaster. He started in January with his podcast, Why Social. Recorded his fiftieth episode last night. Five zero. Yes, I was. Uh, I was the guest host. I actually interviewed him on his own podcast, which is kind of cool. Um, That's huge. Yeah, right. That's a huge number. Congratulations for that. I can remember my fiftieth very clearly. It wasn't that long ago, believe me. And well, you do um, it daily. Man, that's huge. You do a daily. I mean, what? seven. You do daily podcasting. That's yeah. dedication. So here's my question for you. The I think the average podcaster quits after what seven episodes. That was the last stat I heard. So. I'm asking you what the number is, but the stat um, that you're referring to is that 93% of podcasts don't go past episode seven. Gotcha, so if gotcha. you are at episode eight and you're still podcasting, you're in the top seven percent. Congratulations. Wow. Okay. So Chris is on his fifty. You are on 1,200 plus. Um, that's and that's amazing, right? So we've all had these like amazing. You know, everyone has a milestone they want to hit, and so for you, that's that's I don't I just don't know how you do it seven days a week all right I know you I know that you focus all your recordings on one day per week right and you have uh 40 50 60 in the can but yeah so because I know there's there are some podcasters that jumped in and I promised the podcasters I would get them some strictly podcasting information um what tips do you have for like keeping the consistency I mean not everyone's gonna do seven days a week not everyone wants to do seven days a week um so for someone like my buddy Chris, who does it once a week and you know every Tuesday, what would you give? What would you give someone like that as um, you know insight or advice on how to keep that going? Especially when he's, he's recording more in real, you know, he's recording more. I don't say real time, but some of us don't record 50, 60 episodes out like you do. <laughs> I mean, let's face it; it's just not everyone can yeah. do. Yeah, but to so somebody that has a weekly podcast, like. 
me being 50 episodes ahead is like you being seven episodes ahead. So it's a lot simpler than you actually think. And, you know, daily is not the recipe for success by any stretch, but consistency is, you know, I see some more people jumping in here. I do want to give a shout out to my man, Mark Asquith. He is my partner in crime for podcastwebsites.com. So if you're looking for an all-in-one podcasting solution, we're talking website, we're talking hosting, we're talking support, backup, everything, visit podcastwebsites.com. Mark has put together an amazing company and team over there. I love what he's doing and I'm honored to be a part of it. So what's up, Mark? Drop your links, Mark. Drop links. Uh, Feel free to drop them in on the show here. I have podcastwebsites.com. Drop it in, brother. So um, let's talk about consistency. It's killer. It's critical. Again, consistency doesn't mean daily. It doesn't mean weekly. It doesn't even mean monthly. It means what are you just putting out there to your audience, to your avatars, to your perfect listeners, reviewers, um, that you are going to commit to and, and whatever that is. So for me, that was daily. For some people, it's weekly. It always comes down to consistency. And let me kind of paint a picture. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? And is, is Vincenzo, is that the correct way to pronounce it? Or can I call you Vincenzo? V? Like, you can just call me Vin or V. Vin. I like Vin. I'll go with Vin. And you know, not many do. So the, uh, that's our thing now, John. You can call me that's Vin. That's our thing. All right. That's our thing. Well, you can call me JLD. Um, everybody does. JLD. But still, that can be our thing, too. So, um, what was I just saying about consistency? Something? What was that? We were ch- talking about consistency. You were saying it doesn't matter about uh, whether it's once a week, once a month, whatever it may be. You're talking about. So, picture the story. Like, the first time that you commit to somebody, you say, hey, I'm going to do a show every single Wednesday. It's going to go live. And they love your show. So, every Wednesday morning before their brutal commute to work, they're waking up, they're saying, man, I'm excited because I know, you know, that Amy Schmidtower posted another episode and I love her voice, her energy, the tips that she shares are great. And so you dive into it, you, you, you turn on your computer, you boot it up, you log into iTunes, you go to Amy's show and you click that little refresh button and you wait and nothing comes up. And you're like, but what? Like I was counting on this for my ride going forward, you know, for my commute to work today. Like this is my little spark in the morning. Every Wednesday, I look forward to it. What happens the next Wednesday when you wake up in the morning? You're, like, you're not going to be like excited to log in and to check your refresher fee because you just have been kind of trained like Pavlov's dog like yep. to now like I, I can't trust. I can't trust Amy. Like the no like and trust factor that's so critical, that's so important, you know, isn't there. And, you know, I'm using Amy as an example here because number one, she's here. Number two, because she would never do that to her right. audience. Like she is so committed to that consistency and she's so committed to serving her audience that, you know, it's just, she's a shining example. And, and, and I really try to be the same way. I mean, I've never missed a day for now, again, over the 1200 episodes I recorded. I think today's episode is, I can pull it up here. I think it's like episode 1120 or something. I haven't missed a day in the last 1100 and let's go down here, 24 days to, to, to today so, live here on Blast. Michelle, I don't, never I don't been wanna- a, I don't want to interrupt you. Michelle said, do you get exhausted not wanting to be on seven days a week? But you don't record seven days a week. You only record everything in one day, correct? And that's a great question by, it was Michelle? Yeah. It's a great question by Michelle because it would be tough, probably impossible to be on seven days a week. I have my days when you see this couch behind me. I mean, look at this ottoman. Like how big is that ottoman right there? Like that thing is comfortable. Like sometimes I just want to curl up on that ottoman with a cup of coffee and a Seth Godin book and just like do nothing and, or maybe a Netflix documentary, you know, on my, uh, on my flask flash screen right there, you know, maybe I want to do that instead. Um, and I do that sometimes and I can, because I batch now what is batching? Well, 
Every single Tuesday, I have eight back-to-back interviews. They start at 9 a.m. and they end up and they end at 5 p.m. I do on the hour every hour. I interview an entrepreneur for those eight hours. So by the end of the day, I have eight interviews that I've completed. My interviews for the day plus one because you know sometimes people cancel or sometimes you know there's audio issues or sometimes I get an extra one, which is good too because that yeah. pushes my my can back a little further. So. It's critical to batch and that scheduling all comes down to it. And kind of circling back to one of your first questions about consistency, it's everything. And if you want to be consistent, you have to plan to be consistent. Like there was a quote, I'll butcher a little bit, but from the army, whereas, you know, if like you're not planning, you're planning to fail. Like that's just reality. So you have to sit down, you know, schedule out your week, schedule out your month. Things may change. You may need to pivot and adjust, but that time has to be blocked out. For me, if it's not on my calendar, it's just not real. Yeah. So it's critical that you're sitting down and being in control of your schedule. Uh, you know, for and it's like this is me personally. So I've been doing my podcast now officially in podcast form uh, for about a month, six six weeks now. And uh, episode twenty one comes out tomorrow. I'm doing four days, doing four days a week. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I it a light bulb just went off in my head the other day. I called. I was talking to Amy. She's like getting ready to board a flight, and I'm like, I just realized something. And she's like, What? And I go. I'm going to start recording all my episodes one day a week. She goes, she goes, great. She goes, uh, make sure you tell John that in the podcast. So there you go. I'm telling you, on the, I'm, I'm letting you know on the podcast that I figured it out, even though it's, it's something I could have figured out just by maybe paying attention more. Um, now I'm, I'm sure Amy's going to probably, you know, say that because she's like somewhere that, you know, she's not used to like her perfect studio with like all of her like lights and everything yeah. that she can't come and join us. But Amy, if you can come and join us, jump in here, jump in on the blab, um, ask me a question, you know, um, or just make a comment. I'd love to see you for a couple seconds and just say what's up. Uh, if not, you know, do your thing. I get it. You're, you know. We did have a question from uh, earlier. I don't want to get too far away from the question, uh, this question. Uh, he said, uh, Tech Bloke said, in episode zero, you give a lot of credit to Jamie for kicking your butt and pushing you. Do you feel everyone <laughs> needs that accountability? Say the last part of the sentence, you kind of cut out. He said, do you feel everyone needs that accountability? 100%. There's nothing more important than having that accountability partner. For me, it was investing like heavily in myself financially. Like That was really critical to make sure that I made things real for me. Like I wanted to make things real. So I invested in myself with that mentor, thousands of dollars per month, and she held my feet to the fire. And it was so critical. I also invested heavily in a paid mastermind. I was with 10 other successful and starting off uh, podcasters and we share our journeys together, set goals and held each other accountable to those goals. So accountability is everything. That's why when you join Podcasters Paradise, one of the first things we do hint, when we hint, you hint, is- everybody. When you join Podcasters Paradise, hint, hint, hint. Sorry. <laughs> a little NLP there. Um, <laughs> when you join Podcasters Paradise, the first thing that we do um, for people that join us, we say, hey, accountability is everything. We have a team member on on the EO Fire team who is dedicated to matching you up with an accountability partner. So fill out this form. It'll take you three minutes to fill out. And within 72 hours, we will match you up with one accountability partner. Or if you want three or four people to form a mastermind, we'll put that mastermind together for you. And so we spend a lot of time, energy, and bandwidth doing just that. And it's one of the best things that we do for Podcasters Paradise because when people join, now they have a person or a couple people who are their friends, their confidants, their accountability partners. So you have to have that in your life. For me, every single Wednesday, myself, 
Greg Hickman of System.ly, Systemly, and Rick Mulready of RickMulready.com, who's the Facebook ad stud. We meet an hour every single Wednesday morning, and we hold each other accountable. You know, and, and, and we go through a hot seat. One of us gets on the hot seat and we talk about what was going on in the week prior and, and what we're going to be doing in the next week. And that's been going on for a couple of years now. Um, that's an accountability that we really have to focus on if we want to achieve the success we're capable of. What did you learn from your time in the army that can be applied to your success in business? Wow. So this is a valid question and it's a deep one too, because I did learn a lot. You know, one thing that I want to tell is a quick story in reference to that. Um, it's a true story. It's a little graphic. So hold on to your seats guys. But, um, you know, I spent 13 months in Iraq as an armored platoon leader. So that's someone in charge of four tanks, 16 men. Um, I was in a firefight in downtown Fallujah, which is one of the scarier places during the, the battle for Iraq. And, you know, there I was like trying to be General Patton. You know, I was like trying to win the war with this one, you know, little platoon that I had and this one little nook and this one little alleyway. And the bullets were flying. And I'm trying to make like this great decision that's going to, you know, again, win the war. And my platoon sergeant, like this 50-year-old grizzled veteran just picks me up. I'm this 23-year-old, you know, officer. And he picks me up. He slams me against the wall, like lovingly. But, you know, he's, the bullets were flying. Lovingly. And he says, LT, like – a good decision now is better than a great decision later. Now, there was a couple of expletives in, the, in that phrase. You know, I'm, I'm making him sound a little bit better than he did. But the, the message rang true. Like, if I was going to wait to make a great decision, like, we might all die. But if I made a good decision now, hey, that's better than a great decision later when uh, we might, you know, not be in a position to make a great decision. So, so many entrepreneurs wait for that great idea excuse me, for that great opportunity, for everything to be perfect and lined up, you know, and all this stuff. And guys, it's just never going to be that way. It's never going to be that way. So just make a good decision now, take action, dive into it. You know, that's one of the best things I learned in the army. You know, you got to learn on the battlefield. You got to make those mistakes, learn from them, keep going forward. My first hundreds and hundreds of episodes were, were not good. But if I had waited till I was good, I never would have launched because I never would have been good. Like I had to actually start it to actually get good. And that's just a critical lesson for people to realize is you have to just get out there in the battlefield. You know, another thing that I learned is uh, discipline and that Parkinson's law that tasks will expand to the time allotted. So you definitely have to just give yourself a set amount of time to accomplish goals because otherwise they'll just go off into infinity. And yeah. that's so critical. Then of course, you know, the thing I'll kind of end with here is Pareto's principle is so true. And I learned that in the military that 20% um, or sorry, 80% of your desired outcomes comes from just 20% of your actions. So find out what that 20% is for you and just crank it up. You know, for Amy, it was YouTube. For me, it was podcasting. And maybe for Vin, it's Blab. You know, find that 20% and amplify that because all you have is time. So let that other 80% go that's not working that well for you and just crush it in that area. That's, I mean, that's amazing advice. So for anyone that doesn't, if, if you didn't hear what he said, he said a good decision now is better than a great decision later. I'm writing that down. That will be the title of this when I repurpose it. Um, th- that's awesome. That's good stuff. Uh, thank you for a- asking that, Andy. Whoa. I'm actually curious. What's Sturgeon's Law? We have somebody that put that in the, the chat. I've never heard of that before. Andy was the same one that asked the question about the Army, so maybe Andy can uh, either jump on in. If Andy wants to jump in and ask that or talk about it, I'd be more than happy to. 
Uh, oh, 90, 90% of everything. Okay, I got it right here. It's commonly cited as 90% of everything is crap. <laughs> I'm, I'm quoting Wikipedia right now. Oh, wow. Well, so I mean, if- the phrase was derived from Sturgeon's observation that while science fiction was often decide, derided for its low quality by critics, it could be noted that the majority of examples uh, of examples of works in other fields could equally be seen as low quality and that science fiction was thus no different from other art forms. So Sturgeon's law. 90% of everything is crap. Uh, okay, so there's a question about Freedom Journal. Did you want to talk about Freedom Journal or did you want to talk about that at the end? I'd love to talk about the Freedom Journal and you know maybe it's time to uh, change the title again to the Freedom Journal it's, because we, will. we have unfortunately lost the gorgeous Amy but um I know. Know, we have all downhill the the radio the radio face of JLD and Vin in the house um but guys this is my lifelong passion and obsession in 2015 starting in January I got the question over and over again John you've interviewed over 1200 entrepreneurs like what is a commonality that they all have? Like what's a reason for their success? Like, like what is something that they've all done that has made them successful and inspiring entrepreneurs and like taking time and stepping back, I realized that it is the fact that they know how to set and accomplish goals. And with fire nation, people that are struggling in my audience, my listeners, I realized that they don't know how to set and accomplish goals in a powerful manner. So I set out to change that and I wanted to do it in a big way. You know, I could have just done a PDF or a virtual thing, but I wanted to make a physical product that's just gorgeous and and something that I just was so proud of and that I know other people would be proud of as well. So, you know, I just, I really spent a lot of time sourcing the materials. I mean, this is leather bound, my friends, but I'm an animal lover. So it's faux leather. Um, gold embossed, <laughs> gold leaf. It's got the great um, gold tassel bookmark. The illustrations within are just killer. I just randomly opened to that page, and it's a great little Gage example of uh, some illustrations that we use in there. And guys, it's all about you setting and accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. Because the biggest mistake people make, Vin, is they don't even know how to set a correct goal. Yeah. And that's why I start the Freedom Journal off mm-hmm. with teaching you and guiding you in how to set a smart goal. That's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound. I guide you through this in the beginning part of this journal. Okay, now you have a smart goal. Now what happens? Well, the next 100 days, I guide you step by step by step in the accomplishment of that goal. We have 10 10-day 10 sprints, so you're accomplishing micro goals every 10 days. We have a quarterly review, so every 25th day, we're looking back and we are actually um, seeing what worked, what didn't work, what struggles you had, how to pivot going forward. Um, and then by the end of the 100th day, if you follow the Freedom Journal, the Freedom Journal, you will have accomplished your number one goal in 100 days period. That's just, that is my pledge to you with this. Of course, the key letter in SMART is A for attainable. It has to be an attainable goal. It's not walk on the moon in a hundred days. It's an attainable goal, which I teach you how to set. So we're doing a lot of cool things, Vin. Um, January 4th, we launch the Freedom Journal via Kickstarter. And we're doing this for a number of reasons. You know, number one, we're going to have a lot of different awesome rewards and um, uh, bonuses for people that go there and they can um, 60 people, by the way, the first 60 people to join at this specific reward level are going to set and accomplish their goal in 100 days. And then they're going to come on EO Fire and talk about that. So it's going to be wow. a great opportunity for people who jump in and claim one of those limited spots. We're going to have other opportunities like that. One's going to be spend a day with JLD here in San Diego. 
um, things along those lines. But the thing I'm most proud of, Vin, is that we've partnered up with my good friend, Adam Braun of Pencils of Promise. And what we're doing is we are going to be um, combining our forces with Pencils of Promise. And what they do is they build schools in developing countries. So every time we hit a funding goal for the Freedom Journal, I'm going to be personally writing a check on behalf of Fire Nation for $25,000 to build another school in developing country. I've already done so this year in 2015. Um, I'm excited to be doing that in January. Hopefully three, four, five schools we're going to build together as Fire Nation. And so what I love about this message, Vin, is that like not only are you giving yourself the gift of the Freedom Journal you know, by, by donating to this cause and by getting this physical, beautiful journal delivered to your home, and you giving yourself the gift of setting and accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days, but you're also giving the gift of education to those less fortunate. I mean, just me picturing the school that's being built right now in a developing country from the $25,000 that I donated this year, 2015, to Pencils of Promise, I mean, that is so inspiring. And I can't wait to go visit that school and to see the happy, you know, the kids and, the, you know, they're learning and, and just in this great environment, all because of what, you know, I've been able to do. And to be able to give Fire Nation an opportunity to join in on that with this campaign is so exciting. So I, I just would love for people to check out thefreedomjournal.com. You're going to see a killer video there where I kind of get into more details. You can sign up for our, our update list. I got a great gift for those people that do. Um, so that when we do launch on January 4th, you can dive in there and you can, you know, grab a hardcover. You can maybe do another thing that, you know, works for you. Uh, I mean, you can get another reward level that works for you. Yeah. And it's just something that I'm so excited about. January 4th, baby. January 5th, John joins me on my podcast and we're going to be talking about the Freedom Journal and we'll be focusing on social entrepreneurship. A little different conversation than today. Today is just kind of a kickback, chill. Let's talk about entrepreneurship, podcasting, and just let's hang out. But uh, January 5th, I haven't decided if I'm going to do it live on Blab yet, but if you guys can convince me that you'll show up and that you will help with the Kickstarter and in turn donate to Pencil Promise, maybe we can do something fun on Blab. Hmm. What? Thinking about it. Thinking about it. I actually so then I got I got, yeah, go ahead. I got one thing that um <clears throat> I think Blab I hope I hope they're listening or maybe I'll reach out to Hannah but whenever I type into send a message yeah. like your video goes black and my video goes black from my viewing perspective are you really? still seeing my video I'm still I haven't you haven't cut out at all it's been solid yeah I mean I can still hear you but I just the video went black for both of us and that's happened to me on past Blabs before it's like hmm. the presenter can't talk or like at least i can't like it just goes black which is, is always happened to me as as a guest okay i don't know why very interesting yeah so, so i'm actually gonna go ahead i'm gonna hit the refresh button so just bring me back go in ahead, right go when ahead. i come back in. yeah that's fine as we wait for john we will uh there he there he is jumping back in cool there's mr I'm back. entrepreneur on fire so because we brought up blab and i ha- i wrote down blab as a you know a potential question uh here what what do you think about Overall, this is a podcasting question. We're going to go back. And I don't want to take away from the social entrepreneurship and pencil promise. uh, But podcasting is getting so crowded, right? Like there's, Mm. I don't want to say there's tons of people podcasting, but it seems to me that there's a lot more, including myself, there's a lot more people in the space now. Number one, how do you differentiate yourself 
right? But also, do applications like Blab that are becoming picked up by other podcasters, are these good or bad for podcasting overall, do you think? I think it's good. I think it's all good. Getting people the opportunity to, to hang out live with me. I mean, that's one thing that, that's, you know, podcasting, like a lot of people um, see the pros to it, rightfully so, is that it's on demand. They can listen to me when they're running on the bay, when, you know, they're driving to work, when they're flying in the air, like they can do a lot of um, listening on their time, but it's, you know, it's, it's on demand. So it's not like they don't feel like they're hanging out with me live because they're not. Um, but they still get to hang out with me just at a different, you know, area. And, and a lot of my episodes are recorded a month, two months in advance. Um, so it's not like this feeling of like timeliness, which I love about live streaming. But it's to that very point that I love podcasting, <clears throat> excuse me, that I love podcasting because of the niche that it fills, that I feel like it just is, it's, it's like the only, it's the only game in town for the niche that it fills. I mean, you know, whenever there's something like Periscope and Meerkat and Snapchat and yeah. Blab.im, you know, they, they are all competing, you know, for each other's, you know, viewers and listeners. Because it's people that are having to be at a computer or a smartphone and listening and they're focusing. Like nobody right now is like watching us and like driving a car or like running on the bay right now. They can't do those things. They're, they're having to be here and to be committed. Like maybe someone's, I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this, but they're browsing the internet right now, but you know, they can't like do what they want on demand. Like this is a timely thing. Right. So podcasting, especially audio only podcasting is going to fill a niche that can't be replaced. You know, that niche is, Hey, when people want to listen to content that they choose, that's targeted, on demand, free, and it's content that they want to listen to when they want to listen to it, that's a podcast. These things are great for all of these different times. And like, you know, the, the, the 334 people, you know, that have jumped on at some point during our chat right now, like this is great for them because um, they're able to do that. But for the thousands, thousands of people that are maybe in a job or doing this, yeah. like they've missed this opportunity. But podcasting gives you that opportunity to say, hey, I want to subscribe to a feed. And whenever John publishes the podcast, I can go and listen to it and re-listen to it. And it's right there. And it's mine. And podcasting is going to own that special spot. Yeah. Um, I noticed that there has been this, all of it, not, I don't want to say all of a sudden, but it seems like audio is now, everyone's so Focus on audio. Oh, oh man, like we need to have microphones and this and that and the other thing. And to me, I credit that to the uptick in crappy video or not crappy video, but like this live streaming video where the audio is bad, but you have like really cool content. And so people are getting to the point where now we're spoiling ourselves and we're like, okay, well, I can watch this Periscope stream or I can watch this Blab, but if everyone has, like Mike Stelzer and I, we, we've done Blabs before and people come in and they're like, this is the best sounding Blab I've been on. And they'd rather watch that. We could be talking about the freaking grass growing and they'd probably rather watch us do that because our audio is good. So are you seeing that people, or do you, do you think that video has increased the need for audio or is it just the other way around or can audio stand on its own altogether? So audio can stand on its own for sure. And podcasting has definitely proven that, you know, one thing I've done at EO fire is a week before I actually have my interview, my um, interviewees come on, they get an email from me that says, if you don't have this microphone at a minimum and it's a $30 Logitech clear chat, it's not a super expensive microphone. If you don't have this at a minimum, you're not going to be on EO fire. Like I owe it to my listeners for yeah. you to have that audio quality. I just booted somebody last week that I'm like, Oh, what are you using for a microphone? And they're like, 
oh, I'm just talking at my Mac Air. Ugh. I'm like, well, your audio sounds crappy, and it's not going to resonate with my listeners. They're not going to listen, so I'm not going to do this interview. I go, did you get my email last week? And he's like, yeah, I just didn't have time to order. The-. I'm like, well, I don't have time to interview you because you have crappy audio, so I didn't. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I was nice about it, and I said, hey, you can reschedule, but if you do reschedule – know that this is the minimum. Like I, like I state very clearly because I owe it to my listeners that they have decent audio quality when they're listening to EO fire. And by decent, I mean like I want a six or seven or above, and I'm not asking for much. I mean, if you're a successful and aspiring entrepreneur and you can't get a $30 Logitech headset, then you're probably not right for EO fire. And so that's (laughs) a, a line that I've drawn in the sand. Yeah. Good. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good. What's up, Sean, brother? With your help, I'm number two in all the news and noteworthy. Sean is number two right now in new and noteworthy. This guy is an action taker. I mean, he joined Paradise. He went through the create tutorials. He went through the launch tutorials. We have this perfect launch 10 video sequence. He followed those to a T. He launched his podcast. And he's number two right now in iTunes, new and noteworthy. I mean, this guy is crushing it. Sean, I want to tip my hat to you and say congratulations for taking action, for the success that you've had, and just for the voice that you're sharing with this world. It's, It's awesome. Thank you, man. You are the one who told me my my handicap is my power, my strength. You know, otherwise I'm not going to like. Yeah, go ahead. And let me expound upon that. So what Sean's talking about by his handicapped is he was worried about his accent. He came to me and said, John, like I have an accent, you know, like people aren't really going to like what I have to say because I have an accent and they're not gonna be able to understand me that well. You know, English, English is not, English is not, much is not my, not my first language, X, Y, Z. I said, Sean, brother, people are going to listen to you and be drawn to you because of that. Because so many people don't like how they sound, have accents, don't have, you know, a great presence on a microphone. And they're going to resonate with you because you're trying and because you're getting out there, you're being open, honest, and transparent. And you're going to get a little bit better every single day. Like when I first launched, I was bad. I had, I was robotic. I was naive. I was inexperienced. I didn't know how to talk to, you know, to a guest. I didn't know how to interview. I didn't know how to do any of these things. But my listeners would email me every so often and say, John, I've been listening to you since episode 10. Now it's episode 300, and I've enjoyed being on the journey of you getting better every single episode, every single week. I feel like I've grown and and gone on this journey with you, and it's given me courage to go on my own journey of something that I'm not good at because if you have done it and you've shown it by just publishing an episode and getting a little bit better every single time – then I know I can do it too. And so Sean's on that same journey and people are resonating with him because of that. Congratulations, Sean. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's great. So what's up, Sean? Give us a, give us a quick rundown. Tell us about about your show. How about that? Oh, on the other side of this wall, I'm running a computer store. Me, my wife and eight employees, we were just packing iPads and I put an alarm clock alarm, like just to come to this room and just say hello to you guys. Well, thank you. Hey, buddy. Uh, plug hey, your po- give us, give us some. Um, what, what is your podcast, Sean? Yeah, tell us what your podcast is and how people can uh, can find that, find out more. Winning the Game of Life Podcast.com, WGL.FM. W-G-L. Wonderful. Uh, you guys heard it here first. Check them out. Winning the Game of Thank Life. You. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you. Bye. Oh, that was awesome. That was great. Look at that. A, uh, an alum of Podcasters Paradise and the success 
they seen. Uh, Lisa asked about a microphone. I told her I use the ATR2100. I use the XLR version, and I'm going into a mixer. Um, do you recommend anything for – Do you rec- You have a Heil. I, I know, I know. Yeah, so I, I use this, which is um, a, blue, a Blue Yeti for just like these kind of talks that can move around and like, you know, the audio quality is not as critical yeah. on a – you know, in my opinion, on a blab as it is on an actual podcast because yeah. people are here, they're live, they're seeing our video. So I definitely care about audio and I use this Blue Yeti because it's a great um, condenser microphone for yeah. things like this because, again, I can kind of kick back and I can move around and it picks up audio from all around. You can see if I get a little bit closer, it gets a little bit better. But in a sense, it's a condenser, so it'll pick up a lot of sound around. So it's not ideal for high-quality podcast recording because uh, because it's, it's a condenser. Yep. On the flip side... There's, and there's two kinds. There's a condenser, and then there's a dynamic. And the ATR2100 that Vin has is a dynamic. I have to talk is, into it right here. Right, as is the PR uh, Heil PR40. When you're when you're doing these, you want to be you want to be up in the grill. Like when I'm recording my audio only podcast, that's why I love their audio because I I don't have to like look at a camera. I'm just up in the grill and I'm speaking right into it. And again, you're hearing the audio from my Blue Yeti, so that's not why you're not hearing this right now. This isn't plugged in for this thing, but this is a killer microphone for that and with a pot filter and all these things. So audio is key. I love the ATR2100. It's my number one recommendation when you combine cost and quality. 60 bucks, the Amazon store. It's what Kate uses too for her podcast, Kate's Take. Check out Kate's Take. Um, but if you're going to do a webinar, or I got you just three want of them. You want to mess around a little bit? The Blue Yeti's a good, a good, a good mic for that stuff. I got three of them for ninety bucks on Amazon because they were having a sale for like twenty nine or thirty one dollars something for these. Uh, I had already bought nice. one. Yeah, I had already bought one, and it could again Amy's recommendation. She was like, "You need to get." I have the Blue Yeti sitting right there, and I hated the way I sounded. Hated it. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. once I officially, like I'm sure my audio doesn't sound great. Like, how's my audio sound? No, you sound better than a computer microphone. When you got closer, it sounded better. But at this point, I think we're yeah. the distance you are now. I mean, I would never put a podcast out with that audio. But right, you neither know. would I. Right. Oh, obviously <clears throat> not. Um, okay, here's another question, and this is referring to you know, all this talk of podcasters paradise a little bit. But uh, a lot of people say or think that oh, you're you must be making tons of money in sponsorship, and not necessarily you, John, because you're in a different boat. I mean, twelve hundred episodes versus. You know, maybe someone that has 21 episodes or they're still a new and noteworthy, whatever it might be. Um, the misconception is that we are all making tons of money podcasting. And we have sponsorship and, and whatnot. Can you fill us in? And now, again, I know a lot of people, if you're here, you may already know how John does this. And if you don't, this is really good information. But how, what, what are your revenue streams or your revenue model? And can you give somebody a tip maybe that's not seeing instant return from their podcast right away? Yeah. So there's not a lot of people that have a podcast that are really in a position to make, you know, game-changing revenue from sponsorships. It's just not going to happen for most people for a significant amount of time, maybe ever. I mean, it takes time to build an audience to the size enough where you can generate significant revenue. I mean, with EO Fire, you know, we do over $100,000 a month in sponsorship revenue. That is not normal. Like that's because, you know, we built a massive audience and we continue to work hard and we have a, a daily show. So I have, you know, 30 potential episodes a month for sponsorships. You know, if I was only doing four episodes a month, you know, that would take down my revenue by just that much by like, what is that? Like 87, 88% because yeah. I'm doing that many less podcasts. So, 
it's the 30 episodes that really make that number so big, plus the size of my audience. So podcast sponsorships is a big revenue stream for me. And it works for a lot of people as well. I know people that have smaller niche audiences that work out different deals where they don't focus on the numbers of listeners, but they say, Hey, every time something converts that I'm sending, that I'm sending my listeners to like, I'll get 200 bucks or whatever they work out for yeah. a deal. And a lot of niche podcasts um, make good money doing that. And you know, we, we see those success stories posted all the time in paradise. Um, but again, that's not something you should go in relying on that takes time, effort, energy, and it's down the road. If ever, right. The best thing that I love for a revenue stream for anybody that's podcasting is this, you're building an audience that knows, likes, and trusts you. Reach out to that audience and ask them, what are you struggling with? And then listen to their, their obstacles, their challenges, their pain points. And then you, the host, create the solution in the form of a product, service, or community. That's exactly how Podcasters Paradise was created. Webinar on Fire was created because I asked the pain point of Fire Nation and then I created the solution. You know, to date, Paradise has over 2,700 members in it and has done over $3.5 million in revenue because of that simple question that I asked and then built a community around it over the two years. So that's a huge way to monetize and a huge way to, um, to really engage the audience and to serve them in the way that they need and want. I'm, these are basic principles, everyone. So whoever's listening, these are basic, basic, and, and I'm, I'm not diminishing what you're saying, John, but I think too many people get inside their own heads and they think they have to do like, it's so difficult to do this and it's so difficult, but at the core of what you said, it's, ask and listen and then create, right? I mean, that, that's, it's simple. It's almost as simple as that. I mean, obviously there's other things that go into it and you know, you have to have the personality and whatnot, but you can't have the, you can't attempt it if you don't know in the first place. So, and let me actually even kind of get into that a little bit. Like guys, your personality can grow within your podcast. Like I did not have my personality on air that I have today. Like that had to come with time with me finding my voice, with me getting comfortable behind the microphone with me, you know, seeing what worked and what didn't, you know, 1200 episodes later. So, you know, if you don't feel like, well, I don't have the personality right now for that. Well, you might not, but if you podcast, like you'll find that voice, right. just like Sean, you saw him, like he, he found his voice and he's continuing to find his voice. So kind of, you know, just realize that going forward. Uh, we have a good question here and I mean, you and I can debate it or discuss it, but uh, Parent Dome. Let's asks, debate. Let's let let's, let's actually take opposite sides to it. Uh, I will. Even per, if one of I us will, has to just play devil's advocate. Fine. As a per, Periscope broadcaster newbie, and of course my phone's ringing in the background. Uh, thinking to transition to podcasting. Newbie. As you said newbie, the phone rang. <laughs> I know. I know. And uh, I always leave it out of the room too. Although I do turn off That's my so cell phone. Funny. I do turn off my cell phone when I record. John, do you do that? Of course, okay. it's actually in my pre-interview flow. Yeah, well, there, well, I don't know. I haven't been on your podcast, so I wouldn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the sweet spot for length of time for a podcast? Do you want me to go first, or you want? Ooh, to go first? I like this one. You go first, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, no matter what happens. All right, so tw- uh, 25 minutes, 25, 30 absolute tops, but 25 is the sweet spot. Okay. This is good. Cause I actually, honestly, I don't have to actually like try to come up with a, an, an argument that I don't agree with. Perfect. Um, because I actually don't agree with you and I good. disagree with it. Um, so this will be good. I get to play devil's advocate, but actually share my true feelings. So the perfect length for your podcast episode doesn't have a number right now. What it has is you knowing your avatar. 
your avatar is that one perfect listener for your podcast. I know for EO Fire, the perfect time is 25 minutes because I know that Jimmy, my perfect avatar, who I created myself, by the way, is 35 years old, has a 27-minute commute to work, has a 32-minute commute (laughs) home because he gets stuck in traffic. I know my avatar inside and out, so I know the perfect time for the podcast for him. Your podcast is going to have a different is going to have a different avatar completely. You need to sit down, craft that avatar, know that person, that male, that female, the age, inside out. This is your creation, by the way, your knowledge of who that one perfect listener is, which by the way is not you because right. you're the host of the Absolutely. show. Create your perfect listener and that listener will tell you the answer to every question you have about your podcast. How long should it be? How many days per week? What should the content be about? Your avatar will tell you. So maybe it's going to be five minutes because they just like to wash the dishes while they're listening to your podcast. You know, maybe it's two hours long because, you know, they have a two hour commute every single day. Maybe, you know, who knows, but it all comes down to your avatar. I, uh, so the reason I say 25 is because again, it comes down to the avatar. So John is actually right. The person, well, John is right. Even in my eyes, we, even though we disagree, uh, uh-huh. the reason I say 25 minutes is because f- for me, that's what I found that works. So if, again, that's the way I speak. I'm not teaching podcasting like John does. Um, so for myself, I found that my listener is a 40 year old with a, with a 25 minute commute to work. And, um, they work in uh, for a brand as a marketing director. That I mean, there's like very. That's how specific I've gotten. Again, thanks to John's concepts and and um, and also Amy as well, who've helped me with all of that. But uh, so 25 minutes has been the sweet spot. I've gone over. I mean, I don't know what you what your taking is on that, John. Like, is it always 25 minutes or can it be 30? Can it sometimes be less? Um, depending on. I just recorded a you. killer 35 minute episode today yeah. with Scott Volker Ooh. on Amazon FBA, and like nice. I knew that one was going long, and I was thrilled about it because it was yeah. killer. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think depending on the guest too. Like I've had guests where it's just it's good stuff. You you don't want to stop. You know, you don't want to cut them off because it would sound. I mean, for me at least as a host, and and uh, I'm going to ask you something at the end. We're almost we're cutting it close to this hour, so there's a couple questions we want to answer, and then I want to ask you something, John, personally. On the airline. Well, real quick before you get to that, I just want to hit Sandra up right here. She said, what is your process to research your avatar? Uh, Did I get you? So, um, Sandra, great question. And that's you. That's you sitting down and deciding who your perfect listener is, creating that person, and then speaking to them and crafting your show around it. It's that simple. Uh, Jay asks, what are your best tips for lining up guests for your show when you're completely new? So... There's great opportunities here to go to your industry magazines. You know, for me, it's right. Fast Company, it's Inc., it's mm-hmm. uh, not, not Entrepreneur because they're they like to. Uh, never mind, I won't get into that. But um, you know, <laughs> just companies that you know, like like again, Fast Company and Inc. That, that feature great entrepreneurs were perfect for me. So, what is your industry? Look at those trade magazines. You know, I just saw Schmidauer. She's back in the house. I mean, she's at a conference right now. That's another great opportunity. You don't have to go to these conferences, but type in whatever your industry is, like for me, I would type in entrepreneurial conferences, 2015. And I would see all these different conferences that are, you know, just being across the country and even the world this year. And then just go to the speakers list on their, on the web pages. And you'll see the actual, you know, the 10, the hundred that, you know, there's some of these conferences have tons of speakers and guess what? Those are people that are, are known in their industry. They have credibility and authority. That's why they've been asked to speak and they are probably good at speaking. That's why they're speaking. And they probably want to speak. 
And as Amy is showing right here, you know, she's stuck in Richmond, Virginia, like nothing against Richmond, but I'm sure she'd rather be in Columbus, Ohio right now. She would. Um, you know, she actually flew to Virginia to speak for like 45 minutes on stage. Of course, she's going to say yes to a 25 minute interview in her PJs, you know, audio only, you know, from the comfort of her own home where she can, you know, just like hang on and do her thing. So it's, it's that simple. Like I now that I've kind of like, you know, gone success and, and have gone, EO Fire has gone out there. I now have 50 inbound requests per week for people to be on my show. So that's 200 a month. I mean, think about that. That's insane. Uh, that took me a while to get to that point where I was getting more inbound requests and I even had shows available. But the outbound was pretty easy too. It just, well, you know, took time and, and researching and then getting out the email to the right people. Uh Jay's follow-up to that is, is it totally cold or would you suggest trying to call email or anything like that if they're totally cold? Yeah, I do an email, you know, just make the email powerful. And then again, we have the templates in paradise that I use to get my guests on the show and you can just copy and paste those templates and change them up for your personality and you're off to the races. Uh, Saad's question was your shows are very structured, John, and you ask the same questions to your guests instead of going free flow. And as a side to that, I go free flow, John, just for the record, I, I write down very... I have bullet points and topics that I want to cover, but I go free flow. That's my choice. Um, so Saad says, what was your reasoning behind that? Is, does that make it easier for you to record seven episodes a day? I'll answer the last part first. Yes, it makes it much easier. And then going back to your first part of the question um, is I knew my avatar. I knew what my avatar wanted um, because before I became a host for my podcast, I was very similar to my avatar, having a 25 minute commute to work, hating my job, doing X, Y, and Z. I had a block a window of time to press to press play and to hear a podcast and then after that i was committed for nine hours to my job and i couldn't listen to anymore so it was key that those 25 minutes that i had were valuable ones so when i had these podcasts that i loved i'd press play and say okay this is gonna be a great episode for me it's gonna be a pick-me-up and then the next 25 minutes were about their cat and the weekend and this and that i was like man if i ever launch a show I want my listeners to know that when they press play, they're going to know what they're going to get. So when people see that Chris Brogan or Tim Ferriss or anybody that's come on my come on my show, they're going to know that, hey, you're going to get their worst entrepreneurial moment. We're going to hit that early and hard. Yep. They're going to get the aha moment. They're going to get that hit that early and hard. And then, of course, we're going to get the lightning round. They're going to get the resource, the best advice, their great habits, et cetera. And so many people, like, it shocks me. You know, I don't want to, like, say people, like, aren't intelligent, but it just, like, shocks me how many people email me and say, like, John, like, like you ask the same questions. Like, it's going to get so boring for your listeners. Like, to me, that's such a non-intelligent question because the questions that, that I ask are, tell me your story of right. your worst entrepreneurial moment. Everybody's who different. has the same worst entrepreneurial moment story? And I make them tell totally. the stories of that. And they're, that makes my episode so unique so different. And I listen to other episodes that are free flowing. And guess what? They, t they just say the same things like, Oh, fail fast, fail forward. You know, it's going to happen. <laughs> and I wanted to avoid that. Yeah. I wanted the real story to make every show unique and different. And, and that happens on EO fire every single episode because of my insistence on that format. There you have it, everyone. John Lee Dumas, the podcaster on fire, like I have referred to him often. <laughs> but okay, so here's my question. So we're, we're done, but I want to ask a question for you. And this is this is this is ballsy, I'm sure. If you get fortune favors the ball. If you get 30 minutes, I want you to listen to my podcast because I don't know if you have. And I want you to critique mm -hmm. me. You can critique me publicly on Twitter. I don't care if you do, as opposed to mm -hmm. in an email on what you think of my 
of not only the show but me as a as a host because I really want to. I I just I would love to do that. Well, how about this? How about Go send it. me an email yep. after we talk here with a link to your show. Yep. I'll subscribe. I'll listen to a, a, an episode, but I'm going to wait. Okay. Until um, a couple days before we go live again on January 5th. Okay. And I'll critique you live on that blab. Okay, let's do it. That's cool. I love it. There we go. There, that's that's what's going to happen, just for everyone. So you guys all know that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Mia, thank you for joining. Robin, who is one of my former guests, um, thank you for joining. Saad, Tech Bloke, um, Sandra, all you guys that are in here. I know there's about 55 of you that are still here. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Uh, amazing. You're an amazing guest, obviously. Thank and you. An amazing host. Well, I appreciate that. And and I'm coming at, you know, and I appreciate you saying that because like, you know, come at you with no fluff. Like I'm not making this super easy for I you. Want and fluff. I, I love how you, how you handle yourself. Like, if I wanted are, fluff, I would have asked for somebody you're, else. You're a trooper. Well, yeah, <laughs> good stuff, man. I, I, this is great stuff. And I'm glad that you did it here publicly on Blab because I could have done a, you know, a, I mean, there would have been pointless for me to do a, a Skype recording, but you know, this is, everyone's here. People want to ask questions and I get, you know, I'm new to podcasting. People are asking me questions all the time as if I'm some kind of, you know, podcasting king. And I'm like, you know what? Let's get the podcast king on here and let's ask him questions. So thanks for being, uh, for hanging in there and doing this for me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks everybody. You know, we got tech below chatting away. We got Robin, we got the Mia connect, um, online events. We have craft digital, um, Jay Willis says great stuff. So thanks guys for being here live and for giving me some props and for giving uh, Vin some props as well. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Again, you know, I'm all about just giving it, giving it straight. I mean, like, I don't want to just paint this rosy picture. It's not just like this fall the yellow brick road. Like there's a lot of struggles. There's a lot of difficulty in what we do. It comes down for me. My continued success is based off of the hard work that I do every single day. I was up yeah. at 5, 10 a.m. this morning doing work. Yeah, I know. I and got I'll email continue to morning. do work. As soon as this is done, I'm jumping on with Jonathan Fields and I'm recording a podcast episode on his show, Good Life Project, because it's work. Like, you know, my day doesn't end right here. And so I just think that uh, there's been a lot of value here. So I'm, I'm just glad that we got to jump on and connect them. Thank you. You uh, enjoy the rest of your sunny day in, in uh, San Diego paradise and I'll go enjoy this gloomy. It looks like it's going to rain here in New England. Take care, guys. Hey, at least you're close to the Patriots. Nine and no, baby. Steelers, baby. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Take care, buddy. There we have it. John Lee Dumas, Mr. Entrepreneur on Fire. Can't thank him enough for jumping on the podcast and giving amazing uh, examples, advice on really consistency. I mean, the biggest thing I took from this episode was consistency, sticking with it. You've heard how many episodes he has. He has. He's pushing uh, close to 1,200 episodes, 1,200 episodes. That's four years of daily podcasting. Uh, I'm not going to go without, even though this episode went long, I'm not going to go without the Italian lesson. This one's going to be an interesting one. It's a colorful phrase. It is, ricevuto come un cane in chiesa. And if you understand what I just said, great. If not, it is a phrase meaning received like a dog in church. It uh, basically Basically similar to the English, like a whore in church. Uh, but there's that alliteration when you say it. Come un cane in chiesa. So the K sounds of come, cane, chiesa kind of give it some punch. Uh, and if you wanted to use it as an example or in an example, hey, what did your parents think of your uh, American boyfriend arriving on his Harley? 
And your response would be, L'hanno ricevuto come un cane in chiesa. They received him like a dog in church. Kind of an interesting phrase. I thought it was cool. I like it. Uh, it's, a, it's a phrase I've heard often. Uh, on that note, make sure you go and give us a review in the iTunes store, brandboostcast.com slash iTunes. Uh, ratings and reviews really power the podcast and help us keep going. Until next time, ciao. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.